I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I got expenses, cause when is expensive. I've been getting all the work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sells Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill. As always, with you here on Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on FreightWaves TV. Thanks for joining us here. We're going to talk about sales and specifically transparency. So, transparency sales, transparency marketing as it relates to the, the freight industry. So, and it comes from, we have a great guest today, Andrew Lockwood. He's from Seth Global Logistics, uh, Senior Director of Managed Logistics over there. We were talking earlier this week uh, about the topic and um, and we're limiting on how often, you know, websites in the industry kind of spout the same kind of key metrics and same kind of marketing copy. And it's, all tailored around we're perfect or we're as perfect as possible and we can do all things to, to, to all people uh, but is that really an efficient way to sell is that the best way to sell is it better to pick your spots is it better to be vulnerable right to be vulnerable to just show uh your potential buyers whether those are current customers or the prospects aside of you aside of your brand you know, this is what we're really good at. This is not what we're really good at. And leading with your weak or leading with your strengths and not trying to push your weaknesses all over the the, the market. I think a, a lot of times we, we spend too much time, too much resources, and way too much money trying to sell to potential buyers that really don't fit our mold. And trying to get out of that, spending your time wisely because that's the most precious resource, and getting down to business, finding potential buyers that that really match and align well with what you're offering. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to bring Andrew on right now to, to do that. Andrew, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Kevin. I hope we have enough time to get all this in because there's so much ground to cover. There's a lot of good stuff here. But there is. So there's a lot of good stuff. We were talking yesterday about this and, um, and really about kind of, uh, you know, you have pre-pandemic, then you have pandemic, the 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 the, the, the mess that was, and then coming back into more normal times right now. And, you know, buyers are looking for, for something different. And, and part of that is transparency, but some of those old questions, old metrics, old selling points that we all used to go out there and um, sell off have, have changed, right? That they need new solutions. And, and part of that is, is not necessarily this this brave face as salespeople that we often do saying, oh, we can do this. We can do that. Oh, you need this. We're great at this. And then trying to hurry back to the office to figure out what they were saying, you know, Googling it on the way home. Um, but we're over committing all over the place. That's right. And yeah, we live in a very different environment now. Three, you know, three years past the pandemic. I feel like my career has been bookended by like some sense of normality pre-COVID. And then there was the COVID years. And then, you know, now we, here we are three years after that event. And so, um, you know, we look back and we're like, man, that was a black swan event. Like what happened? You're exactly right, Kevin. Like it is time to throw out the playbook. Cause I think just the sales dynamic has changed. Customers are looking for different things than they were three years ago. Um, and you and I know just from our own personal conversations, like I'm not for the glossy, everything is, is, uh, is great type websites. Like, no, uh -huh. like I, here's the fact you drive down the highway, trucks have some dirt on them, right? Like there's, everything is not pristine. 
uh, in the way that sometimes the industry conveys that message over websites or PowerPoints. And so, um, I, you know, I've tried to personally just take a very different approach. And, and honestly, like, I want to see that same approach in my vendors. And that's, that's kind of what I expect in my team. So you're, you're spot on. Like, it is a very different environment now. And I say throughout the playbook, it's a, it's a new time. It is. You mentioned it, you know, that that book and, you know, before the pandemic, after the pandemic, before the pandemic, everything seemed for, for years, for for a couple of decades. Right. There's this trend toward efficiency. Everything was nice and consistent. Um, you had the financial crisis, but that's something that uh, logistics wasn't a central figure in. It, it just hit the reverberations of that. Uh, but you have this consistent pattern um, where tomorrow is going to be much the same as today and yesterday and the day before that. And everyone, I think, tailored their, their sales and marketing toward that. That's another world now, You're right? Potential yeah. buyers out there, shippers uh, want plan B, plan C. Uh, you know, you have plan A, but, but we need to, to put on effect plan B, plan C, Um to, to, to be able to manage any other black swan events that, that come up because we know that we have uh, black swans in the economy, uh, in trucking uh, all the time, maybe not as major as the pandemic, but you have these, these, these isolations, you know, we, we met uh, about the, the little after, I think, or maybe a little bit before uh, the, the dual hurricanes back in, in 2017, we started putting some research together uh, on ELDs. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it <laughs> the message of just chaos, like, is no longer prevalent. All right, now we're like shifting away from chaos, but to your point, there's always obstacles that come up. So, for example, the LA port shut down, um, you know, it was two weeks ago. And so we had to figure out plan B. And so I think you're right. Like, customers now, they want options. Like, that is what is selling. Uh, risk whereas, management you know, really is ago, what we're talking risk management. about. Yeah. It, it is. And so I think it's a part of that. Here's where, here's where it dovetails the transparency and vulnerability. Like you can be a company that sells a whole bunch of things and, and goes to market with 62 different things you can offer. But of those 62 things, like are all 62 really A-plus offerings? Like maybe eight are. And so, um, you know, I think you have customers who are already, and this has always been the case in buying and selling, right? People have their spotty senses up. They want to know, like, is this is this really the truth? Like, is it what I'm seeing on the slides, what I'm hearing, is that is that actually going to be fulfilled? And so, you know, I, I try to take a more, you know, vulnerable and transparent approach. I think you could operate from a sense of like knowing what's going on and being, you know, very transparent of like, yeah, like we'll hit it out of the park in this area, but maybe not as strong in this area. And by doing that, what it does is it kind of shifts the table around. Like it puts you in the customer's shoes and, and lets them, it signals to them that, hey, actually this guy's taking a, taking a view from my side of the table. Um, maybe that, maybe that's honesty and some trust, which is what we know is foundational in building any kind of relationship, you know, business or personal life. So, uh, you know, I, I, I like that, that very, um, very transparent, honest way of selling. Cause I think it's legitimate. Like when you have a strong offering, buddy, you can back it up. And when you don't like you're being honest with that and maybe connecting them with somebody that can. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a point in time in our industry where people just want options. Um, so when LA shut down, maybe I can reroute it through the port of Houston, for example, or, you know, mitigating risk from a warehousing standpoint, maybe you don't go with just one distribution center, maybe you have several others. And here's the thing, here's the cool thing, Kevin, people are willing to pay for this, right? Like, it's not always mm -hmm. about low cost. We talk about cost all the time. But there's like the three, the three things that people, you know, you have to pick two of the three. There's cost and speed and quality. And you can only pick two. You can't have all three. But there are more customers out there than I think we realize that want 
you know, quality. They want speed and they're willing to pay a little bit more if mm-hmm. we just kind of sit back and take it in and listen. Yeah, I think the risk management portion uh, or that plan P, plan C is a good way to, to add premium services, right? It's showing, um, you know, there's a little bit of vulnerability in there, uh, but but risk management, people will pay a premium for risk management, right? Uh, to, to have uh, backup plans in place. That's right. And and, it, and it's all about expectations. Like I, you know, even with our team, our marketing team, I say like, what is that customer experience? Like if you start with that in mind, and then design backwards, you can touch all these elements and hit, you know, make sure you've got different strategies for risk mitigation. Um, but you've got to start with the end in mind is what do you want the customer experience to be? So for example, I'm getting a furniture delivery today. And so they give me a two hour window. Well, cool. Like two hour window, you know, would in an ideal world, would I like a 15 minute window? Yeah. But I can deal with a two hour window. Why? Because the expectation has been set, right? So I, I can plan my life around that two hour window. Um, but same, same said, you know, the further you back up in the, in the supply chain where it's not as, not as distinct as a two hour window, like we know there's over ordering, under ordering, all kinds of things can happen. Um, and so just giving, you know, kind of going back to the top level and just giving people options, that's what they want now. They want to know that, um, you know, worst case scenario, if the worst case scenario happens, what, you know, what then? And so if you can address that, the rest is gravy. Sometimes options, uh, having one or two or three main core services and having many options on those is a much better strategy than having 62 different services. Because we know from from CPG brands, you know, from consumer, you know, consumer brands uh, to to stocks to to all of this. If you have portfolio of offerings, uh, there's usually well, the Pareto rule takes effect, right? So 20 percent of those are going to generate 80 percent of the income. The other 80% 80% uh, hopefully will generate 20% of, of the revenue and probably maybe minus 20% of the of the profits because there's uh, a wide, large de- portfolio of services or goods. There, there's always so many money losers in there that it really doesn't make sense most of the time. That's right. Well, and, and I'll say this just from personal experience. I've worked at, at, at a spectrum of companies here in the industry. One company was very focused only on dedicated trucking. Right. And that's always we sold that every day, all day, just that works with other companies where it is this kind of broad spectrum of services. And so I think it all goes back to the value prop and just knowing your customer, like what's going to resonate with your customer. And, you know, this very quickly for those of you in sales, um, you know, instead of trying to approach them with 62 different things, what, what like what do you actually hear are their issues? Because there may be, you know, Kevin, to your point, there may be one or two or three things that you're trying to solve for, but like maybe limit the scope to just that. Like, don't tack on all your other services just then. No, solve the problems or solve the issues that they're bringing to the table. There's a reason you're talking in the first place. Um, but, you know, I, I think an important skill too in that setting when you can, can sell so much is knowing when to cut and run. Like, when is it not a connection? And this is something we, we've kind of talked about sometimes, Kevin, too. Like, all sales are not all good sales. Like, so what I mean by that is there's sometimes there's customers that are misaligned with you, right? Like you may be an organization and a company built around speed and quality. Well, guess what? That's not going to align very well with a customer that's super focused on cost. And so if you start going down that road, you know, again, there, there's not organizational alignment. So being able to, to measure that and understand that early on, I think is a really critical skill in this environment because otherwise you're just setting very yourself critical. up for some heartache down the road. Yeah. It's, it's more critical than anyone really realizes because uh, as I said earlier, right, and and this is just an old saying, right? Time is your most valuable resource. 
So use it wisely. And if if you have, you were talking, you know, you guys do information, right? Information on or and metrics, right? If you're talking to people or if your marketing team's going out and collecting leads from people that that's not really their, their top priority. If your salespeople are out there talking to people that uh, are customer shippers that that's not their top priority or maybe they're their top three priorities uh, coming in, then, you know, the, the probability of making the sale, making a good deal, right? Making a deal, then making a good deal is two different things. Making a good deal is is so low, it's just not worth the, the time or effort because you should be focused in on people where your core alignments, right? Your, your core services, your specialties really align very well with, with, with who you're picking up the phone and trying to get a meeting with. Well, exactly. And I want to go back to something you mentioned a few minutes ago of like the websites we see and the messaging in the industry, because oftentimes that doesn't align with the value prop that we're actually trying to sell. Like if we think we're really good at warehousing or transportation or international freight forwarding, does that translate to the messaging and the value prop that we actually put out there online or the message that we're going to conferences with? So I, I think you're spot on, man. Like it's, it, uh, it, it, we convey this pretty picture that doesn't always translate to what reality is. And so I, I'm a big, listen, I'm a big believer of like, I want to see behind the scenes. Kevin, you know, I am a big fan of Deion Sanders in the college football. World. Yes. Yes. He had a great career. And in, in fact, you know, I've got his baseball cards laying around, right? I love Dion. You know why I love Dion? It's because he's transparent, man. I can, I can get the behind the scenes tour of what's going on in Jackson state. And now at Colorado, were, would we even be talking about Colorado football a year ago? No, they were irrelevant. One in 11, right? In Colorado, again, I've never been there. Great. I have to assume it's a great institution, city of Boulder. But look what the guy's done with a YouTube channel and some visibility and vulnerability, right? And so taking a page out of the college football world, Dion's doing something very radically different than like a Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Now, has he won a national championship yet? Not yet. I, I give him a few years, right? But it's, it's, a, it's a very different approach that I think like we in the logistics industry can take a page out of. Like, what are we doing to make sure that, you know, it, it, there's this dichotomy, right? There's an old school phrase of like, people don't know, need to know how the sausage is made. And, that, and I think that's partly true, right? Like there's some stuff you've got to keep in house and just deal with because there's process improvement. Okay. But at the same time, right? Like, again, is what your is what reality from an execution standpoint, is that matching what you sold in that initial presentation, right? And and let me go here with this, Kevin. Our industry, the physical execution of goods moving into a warehouse being stored or moving from point to point, that's half the battle. The other battle is visibility. People want to have a comfort to know that, hey, this shipment's going to arrive on time in full. Or at any point, I can pull up my, you know, my mobile device and track a shipment and know it's exactly on, you know, I-75 going through Chattanooga right now, like that, that information, that's half of what we're delivering in this industry. And I think that point gets missed a lot is it's not just about physical execution. It's about the comfort. It's about the information, the visibility, the transparency that we're providing in customers. Yeah. You know, and the transparency, the, the credibility as well, right? So to, to build cred- credibility, you have to build transparency. And that's uh, one of the things Dion has, has really done with that. Is is giving that inside look, developing a story behind the story, if if you will, and and 
you know, no one wants to know how the sauce is made. You don't have to know it. Uh, but, but getting a little insight, get, getting what you need to know, especially in this industry where you need to know where your, your goods are. You're, you, you need to know who's handling them as well. Right. And, you know, showing a, a, a vulnerability or showing some inside baseball or inside football into to what you're doing. And and keeping that uh, flow, I, I think that is a really good strategy. Yeah, is to, well, to and share I, and I, kind of your personal. And I, I go back to the survey I was reading last night yeah. uh, about you know ninety four percent of of consumers go for brands that show vulnerability, right? And yeah. about fifty six percent of those show much higher sticky stickiness rates with those brands that. Um, Engage personally, engage in in ways that aren't that that glossy, buttoned up, uh, traditional website ways. Because you know, most I, I think most three PLs uh, try to seem, especially in their marketing and their website, try try to seem bigger than what they are, because they think yeah. that is a more sellable uh, quality or trait than being really good at a couple of different things and being small, which is is not really the case but it seems like a risky move but it really isn't it, it's not and listen i'm a big subscriber of gary vaynerchuk right i don't don't agree with everything yep. he puts out there but gary is very big on like look we're human right like this is a human experience quit trying to be something you're not you know whether that's you, you know you're in a role that's not a great fit or you're trying to obtain something that's really like it's just a you know it, it it's not the right goal for you like understand like we we as humans want to be dealt with as humans and so again kind of you know i'm not bashing i, I feel like there may be a lot of marketers out there kevin who are like man andrew andrew kevin I'm really bashing my website maybe no, it, maybe maybe but i'm just saying it that we've got to change with the times right and and what resonates with me as an end consumer is that is that human connection i realize i'm not representative of, of you know all u.s citizens here right but like i want to know that maybe some stuff's you know, not exactly always the best within your company, right? Oftentimes we see that like something blows up and then naturally you're like, okay, well, what's the next step? Like, for example, but Budweiser right now, right? They're kind of going through a, a mm -hmm. big deal, big controversies. There's a lot of different perspectives on that. And so what I'm most interested in though, is like, what are the next steps to, to, yes. you know, to deal with that situation, right? I wouldn't recommend, you know, diving in the political spectrum, right? It's kind of put them in a tough position, but but look, the fact is you and I, every company we work with, we're going to be in a tough position at some point where we have to determine what is that path forward. And I think one that is is kind of um, centered around just a message of humility and like vulnerability and, you know, yep, we got to adapt and kind of change this environment. Like those are the companies that I think make it. Those are the individuals that kind of make it to the next step and, and, and recover. And then those companies that are, are you know, really... Um, not going to change, very stuck in their way, like not adaptable. Uh, I worry about the future prospects, right? And that's and I think that's where we go back to COVID. Like COVID happened, there was chaos. Now we're not in an environment of chaos. We're in an environment that is a different sales environment. Have we adapted to that? Has your sales, you know, if you're a CEO, has your sales force adapted to that? Or are you still selling chaos? Because guess what? Chaos ain't selling in the marketplace anymore. People have moved on. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways we could go with that, Kevin. But uh, that you know, back to Gary Vee, like, love that he makes it about the human experience. And I think we've got to do that too. Like, are we selling a pitch that if we turn the tables around, like, would that actually resonate with us, or is it just a whole bunch of stock, 
you know, words and sentences that we've put together to try to push forward our services in a really inefficient manner. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I talked to a few shippers and, you know, one of the, the biggest complaints is that you could take one pitch deck or every freight broker, change out the names, and mm-hmm. it'll be 99% the same after that, right? It just switch out the names. That's all you have to do because everyone's using the same buzzwords, the same language, the same offerings. So there's very little differentiation uh, bet- between all these different parties. Uh, that's true. Like I, I, I've been there before, right? Like Kevin, I've been the guy changing out customer oh, A and customer too. B on the pitch decks, right? Like we've all gone through yeah. that. I just yeah. think it's like me now in 2023, I realize like that's a really inefficient way to sell. Like I had a great mentor early on and he would always remind me like, Andrew, like one of the best traits of a person in sales is the ability to listen. Just so hard for people like you and I that like to talk, right? But like uh-huh. letting the customer speak and say, hey, like, what are you actually dealing with? Like, if you had to Pareto chart, what is the top two or three things you're trying to solve for, right? And maybe at this point, at this juncture, like, I can't solve any of those, but let me connect you with somebody that I do know that can solve. Because if sales is based on trust, right, one small area of trust is connecting somebody with somebody that can help and assist, right? Now, like, don't waste my time with a pitch if it's not irrelevant to my company. And so, again, like, take a human approach, right? Forget about, I've, I've actually found this really, really powerful, Kevin. Like if we take a step back and forget about ourselves and our sales goals and our company goals here for a second and just try to do the right thing, connect people with yeah. who they should be connected with to move them forward. I, I, I really do believe like that's going to lead to a lot of success down the road. That's a long-term game. We have to realize that like that may not equate to your six month sell, sales goal right now, but if you're in it, for the long run and to build that trust in relationships with customers, do the small things all along that connect them, right? Because then that, that yeah. can be supreme confidence in that you're playing the long game and whether they come around in six months or two years or 10 years, like some of my best business deals, Kevin, took two years, two years. Mm-hmm. Didn't think it was going to happen. And it finally did. So I, you know, I just want to remind us like in the, sell, in the sales cycle, play the long game, man. Like sometimes we get obsessed with yes. this month's numbers. No, it's, it's about the long game. It is. It really is about the long game, and that strategy has helped me out tremendously. Once, once I really started adopting, I probably got to an age where I'd made all the mistakes and and started adopting that and just connecting, uh, connecting with the, the best option. Oftentimes, it wasn't me, but you know, I'd get the piece of business that eventually, right? Eventually, I get the piece of business that I really wanted, that I really needed, and that, that I could execute the the, the best on. We were talking about an entrepreneur. I, we, neither, neither of us can remember uh, exactly who it is, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, who would go yeah. into meetings with a pitch deck, do his presentation, and then uh, poke holes in his own presentation immediately after. I think yeah. that, I think it's a great strategy, really. Yeah, I mean, I, well, it's really I think that, that really builds credibility. It it does, but you've got you've got to establish the credibility first, right? Like that you yes. know your stuff, and so where I'd go to, like one thing that I do is I try to put the puzzle pieces in the industry together. There's so much information that's free. Like just pull up front page of Freightway, scroll to the bottom, and you've got in real time the average line haul metrics for everything, you know, for the, for the trucking industry. You know what ocean container rates are. You know what tender rejects are. Like this is all free. Like thank you, Freightways. There's a lot. And by the way, there's a lot yeah. more behind that in Sonar. Same thing for DAT. Same thing for Truck Stop. Like I could go on and on and list all the different resources in the industry that are free. Like they're posting this out here. Knowledge. If we can 
put those puzzle pieces together. And that equates to making someone's decision easier or their life easier or their, or their knowledge of the supply chain so they can plan the next three steps they need to plan. Like that's value. And you did all that from a, from a free basis. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really do. I think you've got to know your audience too, but if you've established subject matter expertise, like, you know, these things, then yeah, like why not shoot two or three holes in your pitch deck from the vantage point of the customer? Because then what that does is that turns the table around and shows the customer, look, I'm willing to look at my own business through the lens of your shoes. I know that sounds weird, lens through your shoes. That may not, wait, but you know what no. I'm saying. I'm going to put myself in your shoes, yes. look through this, through this deck in, in, in that context and understand like where the value may be or where it may not be rather than wait for you to try to shoot holes. And so to me, Kevin, this speeds up that decision-making process. Like it's either a go or no go after you do that. There's not this kind of in, in between decision period where you've got to, because again, everyone's got their spidey senses up. Like what are they trying to, oh, yeah. you know, bait and switch me on. And so that, that takes care, that, that eliminates this from the process. Very efficient. It really does. Uh, great conversations always, Andrew. It's always a pleasure talking to you and, and, and working with you too, man. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks uh, to, to reach out and, and learn more about you. Just uh, go to LinkedIn, right? Andrew LinkedIn, let's, that, That's how our relationship started, Kevin. I think I reached out I one time about some survey results, but so, so there's probably 10 of you. I would love to meet. I just don't know it yet. But yeah, reach out on LinkedIn, Andrew Lockwood yeah, please. Uh, in the logistics industry. Appreciate the time, Kevin. You bet. Thanks, Andrew, as always. And there was Andrew Lockwood. He's a senior director of managed logistics over at Seth Global Logistics, talking about transparency and sales. Uh, that's going to wrap it for this. Uh, put that coffee down. But we have some podcasts coming out, and we'll be here next Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses because when is expensive. I got expenses because when is expensive. I've been getting out of work. I've been shutting down the stars. Yeah. 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 Y